7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Okay, good evening, everybody. Thanks for staying with SAFM and for joining us on the sports show. Uh, Tabiso Musia is me, Valila Mnyandu is producing the show, and Sia Daniel is in technical tonight. It's been quite an interesting day because I've had to make my way from Supersport Park in Centurion, where I thought the show would be broadcast from, but... Bangladesh had other ideas and the cricket ended much, much earlier than we expected. So then I had to rush back to studio to come and uh, do the show from here because we'd organized guests in Centurion at Supersport Park. They were going to join us in our little studio that we had set up on Friday. But because they're switching off the lights and everybody's already going home, uh, we couldn't really do the show from there. So I had to come here and we have to change the show now. We're going to talk cricket, but it is a Wednesday, so uh, we will have to include some boxing. But we have to talk the cricket, though. How is this hiding that the Proteas received from Bangladesh? Bangladesh today. Nine wickets. Nine wicket hiding. Not only is it a hiding, but Bangladesh win the series. They win the ODI series against the Proteas in South Africa. Who would have thought that Bangladesh would come here and claim a series win? Um, after chasing down just 154, the Proteas betting first, winning the toss there. They could only make 154 if you missed it. And there's nothing much to write home about if you look at the scorecard of uh, the Proteas. The Yanaman Milan top scoring with a 39 at the top of the order. Dwayne Pretoria said a 20 but was out when he was starting to look good. Keshav Maharaj stuck around for a 28 but that was about it as they could they were bowled out for 154 in just 37 overs. Uh, Taskin Ahmed, well done to him. Take nothing away from Bangladesh. He took 5 for 35 in his 9 overs. And in reply, I mean, they made light work of this chase, the visitors. Bangladesh, 156 for 1 in 26.3 overs. The openers putting on 127 for the first wicket. Litin Des and Tamim Iqbal, the captain, who finished not out on 87. So it is a proper hiding. There are no two ways about it. And, um, and, and remember that this series um, was also part of the Super League that is used to qualify teams for next year's World Cup in India. So the Proteas in all sorts of trouble now might miss out on that automatic places. There are still matches to, to be played, obviously, still some series to come. But they're, right now, as we stand, they're out. They're out of the running for automatic qualification uh, to next year's World Cup. So we welcome your reaction. I'm sure you've been watching the cricket. It was live on SABC Sport 061-4104-107. You can send us your reaction of the cricket. What has gone wrong? What went wrong with the Proteas? And also you can call us directly on 0117142006. On that note, we'll speak to the newly appointed CEO of Cricket South Africa. It's a is permanent now. He was interim, Mr. Pulitzer Museki. So he'll speak to us over the phone now since we're not at the stadium anymore. And and then we're going to go back to boxing for boxing. Um, the IBF president is here, Daryl Peoples. So he's here. We want to find out why, what is he doing here? What was his visit about? Where has he gone? And all of that. So we're going to have a conversation with the president of the IBF. And then another big story of the day that we can't ignore is the fact that the PSL, has not officially communicated whether they will be opening the stadiums after last night's announcement uh, by the president that now stadiums can take up to 50% of the venue capacity. Rugby came out, actually Cricket Supersport Park, well done to them. They came out immediately last night to say that they'll make more tickets available for sale. Those tickets went on sale today, um, in the morning before the match started, and you could see there were more people at Supersport Park than there were on Friday when there were about 2,000. Rugby, I mean the Bulls, have been um, having a party on social media about their plans uh, for, the, for, for, for their upcoming match and how they can't wait to host fans. But silence from the league, silence from the PSL that did not even allow the 2000 uh, when 2000 was permitted. 
And what we've been able to find is a circular that the league sent to its members, which are the clubs. And it reads, just quick five points, it reads... The president spoke last night of the changes to be made to the COVID-19 regulations. The regulations have now been amended. A copy of the Government Gazette recording uh, the changes is attached. The ex-co of the league is meeting on Monday, on Monday the 28th, to consider the extent to which the league COVID-19 regulations can or should be adapted. The existing protocols, here it is, the existing protocols remain in place until varied by the ex-co. I will report further to you once the executive committee has considered the matter. Signed by the acting CEO of the past five or six years in the PSL, Mato Maldala. I mean, how is that, folks? How is that? It means there's no foresight. There's no thinking. Nobody planned that, okay, let's expect 50%. We've been discussing it last week here on this show. Nobody thought, okay, maybe 50% will be announced. Let's be ready when it is announced. So we have to wait until Monday. Fair enough. I mean, it is the international break. The next games are on Saturday next week. So there's still time to open before the next games. But you would have thought at least the PSL would have sounded excited, would have said that we are ready to welcome 50% of fans instead of just waiting for Monday to communicate to the fans because they haven't communicated to their people. They've just communicated to the exco, the members and maybe the sponsors, but not the important stakeholders who are the fans. Yeah. So how much do fans matter here? So we will try and discuss that later on on the show. But as we said, we should have been at the cricket. So we're going to start by talking cricket. We know it's a Boxing Wednesday. We'll also get into that. But your voice notes are always welcome. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, let's welcome on the line the CEO of Cricket South Africa, Mr. Pulitzer Museki. Good evening, CEO. Thanks for taking our call on SAFM tonight. Good evening, Tariso, and good evening to the listeners. Eh? Yeah, pity we couldn't talk at the cricket because it ended early. What a disappointment. Uh, it was a terrible day in the office for the boys. Yeah, it was quite disappointing. But, you know, that's the nature of sport. That's why we love it so much. Eh? Yeah. What was more disappointing for you, CEO? That's just the manner in which they lost. I think that's what most people are reacting to. Yeah, I guess it was a terrible defeat for us, especially coming from, you know, the high of Sunday at the Pink Day uh, ODI, you know. So I guess the manner of the defeat was quite disappointing. But obviously you know that the boys wouldn't have, like, gone into the game intending to lose like that. It must just have been one of those days, eh? Yeah, but is, is the serious defeat concerning now? Considering Bangladesh had in one year before. It, it is concerning, but in more ways than one. Remember, it counted on the, for, for the Super League. Yes, yes, For the yes. World Cup qualifiers for next year, you know. So it is concerning in that sense. You know, but I guess it is something that the boys and the management team will look at. Because now it, it gets even harder. You know, the next series will be against India in India. Then you've got Australia. So it, 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 it's definitely getting harder now to qualify for the World Cup next year. Automatic automatic qualification. Okay, but there's still hope, right? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you you know our boys, you can never really wear them off. You know, so there's definitely still hope. It's just, it's just getting, I guess, slightly higher, harder now. You know? Yeah, but the, but if we had to look at the positives, I mean, it was great to have more fans at the at the grounds today. And at CSA, you were very quick to react after the announcement by the president last night. We've been ready since October already, you know. Mm. So when the president made the announcement yesterday, it was quite easy to activate the plans. And I'd like to give credit to, you know, and, and Northern Cricket Union mm. and the Super Sports Stadium because they, 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 they definitely didn't sleep last night, you know, making sure that they were ready to 
welcome the fans. We've been asking for this for for the for the longest time already, you know. But as I say, we've been ready since October last year. So it's literally just waiting for the government to give the go ahead. So what does that talk to CEO? Does it talk to foresight and always being being prepared for any eventuality that you were able to get the ball rolling immediately after the announcement was made? Super Sport Park tweeted that they're selling tickets at eleven o'clock. That was impressive. No, absolutely. And as I said, like we've been quite desperate to have fans back in the stadium, just as our fans have been desperate to come back to the stadium. So since October, you know, remember when they relaxed the lockdowns regulations, I think to level one adjusted mm. in October. So we're constantly hoping that maybe in a few weeks' time, <laughs> the fans will be allowed to uh, to come back to the stadium. So we've literally been ready since October. So we're just mm. literally just waiting for the government to keep the go-ahead, you know. So the guys were really looking forward. I mean, immediately after the president's speech last night, we started getting on calls to say, guys are ready, you know, to to implement this. So it was quite nice to see the fans. The period that we, we didn't have them a few days earlier, pink day, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity about pink day. It's a, it's a real pity. But how integral are fans in your business model? How big a part are the fans? Or in just in cricket in general? You know... Uh, Fans are very important because even for our broadcast deals, you know, having fans in the stadium gives a different atmosphere. So even the broadcasters, the sponsors, and everyone else likes having fans in the stadium. So this last two years when we couldn't have any has been quite difficult, firstly for our broadcast partners, but also for our commercial partners, you know, because fans give a different vibe. You could, you could, you could sense today, you know, there was like a totally different vibe to the stadium, you know. So... I mean, if you compare to today's game as an example against the India games a few months ago, where it was totally empty, it's just a totally different vibe. So commercial partners like that, broadcasters like that, but even us at CSC actually appreciate seeing our fans in the stadium. Yeah, and it does feel just so different with the fans. It's a different ball game altogether. For those who are just joining us, we are having a conversation with the uh, CEO of Cricket South Africa, CEO Pulitzer Museki, has been appointed permanently now in the role, having been um, acting. Does it feel different, uh, CEO, to be permanent than, than, than acting? Is there more clarity now in the way forward and your understanding of what's expected of you? <laughs> to be honest, not necessarily different, but it, it is slightly more scary. <laughs> you know, when you are now... The park definitely stops with you. You know, in the past you were acting, so there were always those uh, that expectation that, hey, I'm just acting, yeah. But now you know that the park stops with you. But, I mean, it is definitely exciting. But I'm absolutely humbled that the cricket people, the board and everyone else have supported uh, this appointment. Yes, and, and how do you, and, and maybe for those who are not aware, what, what is your role? How do you understand your role? What are you supposed to do as CEO of Cricket South Africa? I guess more than anything else is to give a direction to this very important sport that literally belongs to the nation. You know, like we always speak sometimes as though uh, I work for CSA, but I see my role as far bigger than that. I work for the nation because cricket really belongs to the nation. You know, running a sports, a a, a national federation is totally different to running a a club, as an example. I'm basically accountable to the whole country, you know. So it is quite scary, but also exciting that I'm basically being given this massive opportunity and responsibility, you know, uh, to to make sure that cricket progresses, cricket grows, and basically cricket remains a sport that the country can be proud of. 
Did you have to think twice about it considering what's happened over the past few years uh, that led to you being in an acting capacity when, when they showed confidence in you? Did you ask yourself, what am I getting myself into? Or you already have an idea of, of what's needed? To be honest, if I can be brutally honest, I probably thought about it, what, 18 months ago when I was appointed as the acting CEO. Mm. You know, it was a quite a difficult decision to make then. But now I'm literally ready because, as you said, I've lived this, uh, like, on this role for the last 18 months or so, you know. So I do understand the challenges that are facing the organization, and I do understand what needs to happen uh, to take us back to where we belong, you know. Mm-hmm. So 18 months ago, yeah, it was not an easy decision, but now it was quite easy. <laughs> it was an easy decision to make. And what are those challenges or the pressing matters now in front of you? I mean, the first one, and I guess that involves even, uh, uh, you know, you as the media. You know, getting the trust of our stakeholders, okay. You know, uh, a lot of people and a lot of our stakeholders lost trust in the organization with all the challenges that we faced over the last two years or so, you know. So getting that trust back of the stakeholders, be it the fans, be it the public, be it the media, be it the players, be it the staff itself, you know, getting that trust back that actually we are finally out of that dark, dark hole that we're in, you know, is going to be quite key for us. And then obviously the second part is obviously the financial uh, financial pressures. And that is really something that, that's not unique to CSA. COVID has been brutal to our industry, you know. So, like, you know, just sorting out our finances because it is quite a difficult situation. And as I said, it's nothing unique to CSA, but I am responsible for CSA. That is really my worry, you know. So, so, so sorting out the financial situation is going to be quite key. But I definitely that's aligned to the first First, first priority, which is getting the trust of stakeholders. Mm. Because, you know, if our commercial partners or potential partners have faith that the organization is definitely on the right track, they will definitely come back to uh, to the sporting code again, you know. Yeah. So the, the two are definitely interlinked in the first. Are, are we out of that dark hole? Are we getting out of that dark hole? Is there light at the end of the tunnel? No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, I tell you, you'd be honest. It, last year this time, we're in a very terrible state as, as CSA, you know. You recall, like, where there were, like, the interim board, there were fights, there were, like, all sorts of things going on, you know. So a year down the line, I think a lot has happened. We've got, like, a, a, a practically new board. I know it's eight months now, you know, which is, like, independent, which has, like, independent majority directors, you know. Finally, we've appointed the CEO. You would have noticed over the weekend we advertised for a whole lot of executive positions, mm. you know. So there is direction, you know. Even the Proteas, despite the disappointment of today and this series itself, you'll agree that they've actually been showing, like, massive improvement over the last year or two years, you know. And then you also have the, our, 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 our women, like, doing an amazing job there in, uh, in New Zealand, you know. Mm. So I think, like, we can be brutally honest and say, we are in a definitely better position than we were a year ago, you know, so it can only get better. Okay, for those who are just joining us, we are in conversation with the CEO of Cricket South Africa, CEO Puleta Museke. By the way, um, the Proteus women will be back in action against the West Indies. That is uh, the next game now at the ICC Women's World Cup. Pride of the nation, surely into the semifinals, and let's see what can happen from there. We'll just take a quick break and we'll continue after this. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Good evening to you, Brad Rabiso. Good evening to all the listeners. I just want to say congratulations to Bangladesh. A good win, a deserved win. 
And I also want to say, big up to Aaron Donald. You can see his efforts in the bowling of Bangladesh is showing. Big up. Thank you. Chapter 2. Good evening, Tabiso and the SAFM listeners. Ever since I followed the Proteas, especially when they are at the World Cup, they have always been perennial underachievers. I don't know what the cause of that is, because prior to any championship, they are superb in terms of play and results. But come in pointed championships, they are found wanting. I wonder why. Thank you, Bongani Echablan. Thanks, Bongani. It must be the pressure. Is it something you've had a discussion about as CEO, maybe even before the last World Cup, why the team just fails to go all the way? I, I, I know for a fact it's something that also concerns the team. Uh, you know, they are always discussing it, you know. So uh, we are hoping that, you know, it is something that will be in the past. I mean, if you look at our last World Cup campaign in in the UAE, we started quite badly like by losing the first game, but we literally won all the remaining games of that uh, tournament. And we're definitely unlike, unlike you know, to, uh, to, to get into the group stage. You know. I think it's quite important that this is a team that has lost a number of players over the last few years. You know. So they, there was that rebuilding process, and there is that rebuilding process that still continues. You know. But I, I am comfortable that this current team, despite the disappointment that I felt in the last two listeners uh, who called in, you know, I still feel that it's a team that still has, is going to make South Africa proud. You know, I'm literally looking forward to the World Cup in Australia later this year, you know, because after their performance uh, in, in the UAE last year, I'm quite cautiously optimistic, you know, that they will do better, you know. So, you know, I know, I, I, I know it's tough, especially when you love the sport. Uh, the result today were definitely terrible, but the results from this series itself, the, the ODI series have been, have been terrible, you know. But I'm still confident that, you know, it is a team that, showing like an amazing growth on a growth trajectory and it will definitely do better. Okay, let's just look at a few pressing matters, maybe from my side, see, or the IPL issue. Players will leave for the IPL now. They'll miss the two test match series against Bangladesh. Is it a headache for Cricket South Africa? Uh, You know, this was quite a difficult uh, decision to make. But ultimately, we, as I said the other day when we released the statement, we have to try to balance, you know, the the needs of the country and the players. Because we all have to recall that, you know, a, a, a sportsman career can be quite short. So if our players do get an opportunity to actually augment their income by playing in the IPL, as an example, it is something that, despite it being a difficult decision to make, we, we will generally support them. And I need to highlight also that... I ahead of, ahead of, of national duty, though, CEO? Are you, are you saying are you putting the manifest ahead of national no, duty? No, that's what I'm trying to explain. That IPL is the only league. You, you, you know that there's probably five, six leagues in the world. IPL is the only league in the world where we basically say, you know, because of the amount of money that the players can potentially make for themselves, post their career, you know, to, to secure their, like, you know, uh, uh, themselves and their families post their career. So it's something that we always take it into account when we consider this thing. And another matter is, 
you'll recall that the proteas have like a very hectic schedule over the next nine to ten months. For, for, for us, this also gives an opportunity to the coach and team management to broaden their, their, their squad because player rotation is going to be quite key. You recall that we're going to India, we're going to England, we're going to Australia, there's the World Cup. There's so many games over the next uh, nine to ten months that this is also an opportunity to give other players an opportunity to show if they are basically of the standard to play for the Proteas. So in that sense, it also gives and allows the coach and the team team management an, an opportunity to broaden their squad, you know, because player rotation will be quite key, you know. But as I said, I know these guys are very patriotic. So going to the IPL doesn't mean that they feel less uh, less about playing for the country or not. No, it, it, it's not. It is something that is quite complex and delicate in that sense. But the amount of money that they get an opportunity to make can actually secure their post uh, post uh, playing careers. You know. Fair enough. So is that how sport has evolved? Then that the money comes before the badge anymore now, because because you can't be patriotic if you are leaving a chance to play for your country and you're going to make money in the IPL. No, I think that's unfair, you know, because that makes it sound as though they're not patriotic. You know, they don't make this decision very easy. I think one of the challenges, uh, not challenges, one of the plans that we've always made was that we'll make sure that our season has ended before the IPL started, precisely to allow them to go and play in the IPL. But COVID has messed up, like, you know, scheduling and calendars of all the cricket playing nations, you know. So, hence, it was always quite a difficult decision. We didn't make it very easily. You'll notice that we only announced that decision last week, if I recall, you know, because we were engaging. But as I said, like, you know, we have to find that delicate balance between them securing their, like, you know, their livelihoods and for their families post-cricket and, you know, playing for the national country. But it doesn't mean that they're less patriotic. You know, it definitely does not mean that they're less patriotic. Mm. And as I said, IPL numbers are such that it will be unfair on the players for us as CSA to deny them the opportunity to go play there. Mm. So is it is it left to the players? The players make the decision? It, it, it's a combination. You know, it's a combination because technically speaking, we could have denied them uh, like uh, a permission to go play there because they are contracted to us as well. So we could have denied them that. But as I said, like, you know, taking everything into account, and as I said, an opportunity to broaden our squad based purely on the, like, calendars that the players will be facing. So it was, like, that decision, like, and after all those uh, things were taken into, into consideration, we basically allowed them to go, you know, uh, to the IPL. Okay. And then the other one for me, is there any update on the disciplinary hearing of the coach, CEO, Mark Boucher? Uh, you'll recall that uh, we did say that the hearings will start in May, and that was purely to allow the season to end. As you know, like uh, the next games will be against Bangladesh still uh, for the test, for the two tests. Mm-hmm. So the actual hearing itself will start first week of May. I'm not sure. If so nothing has day, changed there. Yeah. So nothing has changed there. It will still definitely start first week of May. Okay. And then can you provide clarity then on the future of the director of cricket, Graham Smith, whose contract comes to an end? And um, we did hear that uh, the position will be advertised. The position was actually advertised, but together with the other executive positions, uh, which I spoke about uh, earlier, uh, we did advertise for, I think, about five or six executive positions uh, this past Sunday, you know. And obviously... Uh, Anyone can apply, including mm. Graham himself. But as you said, his contract is ending this month, end, but he is allowed uh, to apply for it, it should he want to do so.
you know. But his contract is definitely ending this month, and and then he'll he'll make a call whether he still wants to uh, he still wants to continue, and he will apply if he wants to continue, and then he'll go through the process. Uh, you know, uh, there'll be like an interviewing process mm. and, and the like. So, but he is allowed to apply should he want to. But he hasn't indicated yet whether he will or not. No, no, no. You'll sure. see when the applications come in. <laughs> yes, when the application close. Yes. <laughs> and then is there any update on his arbitration proceedings? Arbitration is continuing as well. Uh, I think the final arguments will be submitted either. They were either submitted today or tomorrow mm. and then the chairperson of the arbitration will make a ruling in probably a month's time you know so we expect to get a ruling from the chairperson probably around about the 20 something of april yeah and you have stated that it will be made public we have committed that yes, it will be yes, made public yes. yes okay i'll just take one call as we wrap up bongs in ranfontein quick one good evening hello. hello member hello yes 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 hello to your guest hey my, my brother i'm disappointed with the proprietors but, you know, the, the, the signs have been there. I mean, you know, there are those things called blessings. You know, one of us, you know, people who coach cricket, you know, it's like the game of cricket is kept in South Africa. You know, the stuff that has happened, the, the injustice that has happened. I mean, we're happy that at least, you know, we go, we got these arbitrations and everything, you know. Because everything doesn't start on the field. You know, the tears that people try, that are, are, are crying out there. You know, people like me, I've been a level two for 12 years, you know. And I mean, like, I cannot even do a level three. I've, I've, you know, the game has so, caused me so much hurt. I know friends, you know, who, you know, who've been hurt by the, by the game. They dead, they are out of the drunkards and stuff like that. So, Cricket South Africa is actually, you know, they need to sort, 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 sort their, you know, the, the way they treat, you know, people at grassroots. Mm. Maybe things will go well. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Bongs. I think the last one from me, see you always as an organization. What do you take out of the SJN hearings? You know, uh, we, we basically supported that process because we wanted to be honest. We started it, yes. Yeah, we wanted to be honest to ourselves to also understand exactly what are the challenges that are facing cricket. Obviously, SJN priority didn't cover all of them. I mean, the gentleman who just called here uh, would have, like, you know, touched on, and again, I could hear the head in his, in his voice, you know. But we do want to make sure that whatever learnings that came out of the SJN actually make cricket better. Because ultimately, as I said earlier, this sport belongs to the people. We want to make people feel proud and happy about being cricket fans, as an example. You know, So there were quite a lot of things that came up. And you, you'd recall that the board did say that we will be announcing our own response, a proper response uh, to the SJN report itself. But I might also need to highlight that as part of our strategy for the next five years, the outcomes from the SJN will be included in that because ultimately we want to make sure that those things that came out are not repeated. Or in a way, we, as cricket, we try to minimize those type of, like, you know, incidences that caused so much hurt to so many people. But as I said, we have included that, uh, the findings that came out from the SJN into our strategy, uh, as inputs into our strategy that we are currently developing, you know. And hopefully, like, in five years' time or six years' time or even seven years' time, cricket will be in a far better space and we'll avoid a situation where your, your previous caller feels so disappointed by the sport itself, you know. Mm-hmm.
Okay, see. Oh, thank you very much for engaging with us tonight. We really appreciate it. You didn't even duck the bouncers there. You were facing the bouncers head on uh, without a helmet. So we appreciate the time you've given us. There's been good communication from your office ever since um, the, the new board took over. So we really appreciate uh, that and we hope for more engagements going forward. No, it's a pleasure, my brother. And you're always welcome to call me. Thank you, CEO Pulitzer Museki of Cricket South Africa. They're giving us an update on a number of things there, but I know the big disappointment for everybody is the Proteus loss to Bangladesh. Bangladesh had never won in South Africa, by the way, before they came here. And then they won at Supersport Park on Friday, and then they won again today in the won a series. How?